I'm a mean green mother from outer space. Cassie. And I am a musically talented street urchin, Matt. And welcome to You Haven't Seen This, a podcast where this sibling duo talks about movies that only one of them have seen. Yes, and this is week two of our Halloween spooktacular. Mwahahaha. And uh, I am gripping my seat in terror because I've not seen what movie we're about to see. I don't know what we're about to see. Cassie, the suspense is killing me. Please, please end my suffering. Today, we are going to be watching and discussing Little Shop of Horrors. Ooh. Not to be confused with Rocky Horror Picture Show. They both have horror in the name, but different show, kind of. That's what we're watching today. Well, Wikipedia calls this also a musical horror comedy. So once again, I think we've stumbled into a theme. I think so. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a good way to put it. So uh, yeah, I, I have never seen this, Cassie. Why did you see it fit that this was the movie you wanted to discuss for this spooky season? Well, I think it, it kind of fit, you know, our, our episodes in October because it is, it, it's definitely like Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's not scary or anything like that, but it's kind of a campy musical that does have some horror element. It's a little weird. Um, in this case, it is, you know, some alien plants. Um and I also, I just really liked the movie. Um, I watched it, I think the first time was probably senior year of high school um, when we were doing a version of Little Shop of Horrors. Um, I watched the movie and I just, I really enjoyed it. I like all the music. I like it as a movie. Um, and I just, I just think you should watch it. I'm certainly interested. Also interested because I am looking at this uh IMDb and I see it's an Ashman and Mankin joint and I love those two dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I think the music is probably my favorite part about this show. And because it's Ashman and Mankin, I think that's kind of the whole reason why. And I think they really kind of tie the show together. So I think you're gonna really enjoy it just because just because of the music. If you don't enjoy anything else, I think you're going to like a lot of the music. Well, I'm certainly excited to watch. I do I do have a little familiarity with this show and the movie. Not, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the show. I do have a funny story that I remembered. So way back when I was little, I want to say it was maybe like seven or eight, my aunt gave me as like a Christmas gift or a birthday gift. It was basically like a season ticket to uh, our local children's theater downtown, uh, CMT. And it was really fun. So like every night we'd go and it was like, you know, we'd go to dinner and then we'd see a show. And it was a fun little like date night with Tia, she called it. Um, love you, Tia. I know you're out there listening, probably. <laughs> But I do remember, I think we did that for one year, and then one time we went, they were, like, advertising what the next year's shows were, and she was kind of like, oh, take a look, see if you want to go, you know, see any of them. 
And I remember one of them was Little Shop. And, like, the poster was very scary to me. And I don't think we did it that year kind of because of that. I was kind of like, mm, I'm good, actually. We don't have to do this again. No, yeah, I could definitely see, like... I don't know the exact poster you're thinking of, but kind of every kind of iteration of a poster for Little Shop is, yeah, it's kind of a lot. I mean, the plant's kind of scary. Um, you know, the, the plant's the villain. Like, it's, it is kind of intimidating. I think I, I have more experience, experience with this show than you because I've, I've watched the movie and I was, I was in the show or a version of it. Um, but I also remember, like, I think my first introduction to it was, like, not even an introduction. I think our parents went to see a version of it, but we were at that age where we were too young to see the show and too young to be left alone. And so there was, like, some, like, children's, like, daycare type thing, like, run by the theater. And so we just, like, went there. But the only reason I think it was Little Shop of Horrors is because I remember they, like, had a screen. I think, like, during intermission we were able to, like, say hi to our parents or something like that. And they had a screen. And I remember seeing just, like, this really big plant, like, on the stage. And I was like, oh, so that's what they're watching. I had no idea. Could not put two and two together. But then thinking back on it, I was like, oh, they probably saw Little Shop of Horrors. That's probably what really? they were doing. You, really? You think it was Little Shop? I also remember this. I just have no recollection of, like, what mom and dad were watching. I have always assumed it was, like, some play or something. I'm not really sure. Like like I said, I can't be 100% sure, but I can remember seeing Audrey, too. I can remember seeing the plant. So I think that was our first exposure. But, I mean, it was also, like, we weren't exposed to it because we didn't see the show. It makes more sense that it would have been something like Little Shop, which is like mm, a musical, but maybe something you don't want to take your kids to. It's just because our family is not, uh, we are not play people. Yeah. Sorry, everyone who does straight plays. I've seen some of them. They're great. But like, if you sing a bit, I'm more in, enticed to come check it out. <laughs> yeah. So it's a wonderful thing that there's a lot of music in this movie. And that it's all really good music. So I think you're going to really like it. I'm really excited. I We've talked about wanting to do this one for a little bit. Actually. Okay, this is a little behind the sauce. So- this is a little how the sausage gets made behind the pot. I might cut this. But we wanted to do like, we when we were thinking last year, oh, are we going to do some holiday stuff? I think you had brought up Little Shop because you wanted to do it. And I have held off on watching it for a year. So I'm so excited to finally do this. Yeah, it's like, it's it's been a long time coming, and it's a movie I like, and I think you're going to like it, maybe more so than the other ones that you've watched for the first time because of me. So, I mean, I don't want to get your hopes up, but I, I, I think this will be a good one. So, on the scale of, like, Barbie and the Island Princess to Cinderella 2, where do you think, or Cinderella 3, rather, where do you think this rates? Are we at cinematic masterpiece territory again, or... I think we are. Okay. I think we are, and I think okay. it's a bit more genuine than, than Cinderella 3, Twist in Time. <laughs> <gasps> well, I, I don't want to waste any more time. I want to just jump right into this. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to discuss 1986's musical horror comedy du jour, 
Little Shop of Horrors. And we're back. Okay, I just I just need to cut right to the chase. I I was very excited for you to see this show, for you to see this movie. So I just gotta know, you know, the floor is yours. What did you think? This is such a good movie. It is, isn't it? This was so much fun. Just keep going, because I I feel like I'm gonna agree with everything you say. Uh, I mean, I have thoughts, and we'll get into thoughts later, but mm-hmm. just upfront emotional gut reaction. Gosh, this was just so much fun. Like, this is everything I want in, like, a Halloween time thing. Big, campy, a little goofy, a little scary, but not like I'm going to have nightmares. Just, you know, like, oh, what's going to happen? We had some just killer songs and amazing visuals. And, I mean, I love it. It was so much fun. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to kind of, it's a very simple way, but I think a good way to describe this movie is it's it's a lot of fun. The music is fun. The plot itself is pretty fun. Like, it's just, it's a good movie overall. It's, you know, it's kind of campy, um, but it does have a little bit of, you know, some scary elements to it. But, you know, like you said, it's pretty, it's pretty tame. Um and it's it's just a good movie. So so where do you want to start on kind of dissecting this a little bit more? Well, let's start at the uh, very beginning. Before we even get to the title song, I did notice the uh, the little Warner Brothers logo in the bottom. This is the first movie th- that uh, the studio has made since I've started working there this past summer. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly I bring that up because my initial thought when I saw the set was like I had to like pause it and look it up and be like did we did we shoot that at the Burbank lot where I work we did not they sh- it shot in England mm. um and then I had to go back and restart the movie because that opening song is such a banger yes <laughs> that it it demands to be listened to in full with your full attention it is i like I kind of wanted to just like skip the title because that's generally what I do. I'm like, okay, you know, let's just get that done. But I couldn't because I think that's, it's one of my favorite songs from, it's one of my favorite songs from the movie. When I did Little Shop, it was a really fun song to do. So I was just like, I can't skip it. I just have to listen to this and it's, I'm going to have a great time doing it. That's the best. That's one of the best like openings to a movie or show because I've, since I um since I watched it, I've also listened a little bit to like some of the Broadway recordings and okay, you know, just seeing what are the differences. There's not a whole lot, um, mm-hmm. although there are some big ones we'll get into maybe later. Mm-hmm. But um, I I think it's one of the best openings to a musical I've ever heard. It's like not only is it kind of telling you okay, here's kind of what the story's going to be like, but it's giving you tone right off the bat. It's You start with this narration that's a little sinister, like, oh, what am I going to get? And then the piano hits, 
and you're right into this like doo-wop number and it's mm-hmm. like you know and then the three you know urchins come out and it's like oh i know where i'm at i know mm-hmm. what show i know what kind of show this is mm-hmm. yeah it's very that narration is almost very like star wars opening crawl and then it mm-hmm. gets like right into like camp just such an like upbeat just great number and you're like okay i know that this is gonna be a little bit you know something you know something's gonna happen in the movie but i also know that it, it's gonna be underscored with all of this kind of like kind of like joyful upbeat music even you know possibly in times when the the plot is not very joyful and upbeat and also what a great that's even amplified more in the movie i love it one of the first shots when it's you know the song's going and there's it's the first time we see the three uh urchins which hi huge shout out we're we're doing our first actor shout out here hi uh shout outs to to Sheena Arnold Michelle Weeks and Tisha Campbell mm-hmm. as Crystal Rana and Chiffon just killing it as the like Greek chorus <laughs> mysterious like three singing girls throughout everywhere i want their movie yes i want that movie mm-hmm. but i love the first time we see them where it's like you know we don't see them when they start singing and then there's like a lightning strike down an alleyway and then we just see these shadows in the alley it's like oh what is that and then out comes you know like the supremes just like doing their little shot little mm-hmm. shot it's like Okay, if you don't get what kind of movie you're going into from that, baby, walk out of the theater. Exactly. Get your refund. You're not going to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So good. God, that's just such a great song. It is. And I know that we were just, like, starting at the beginning, but I think we should just... I think we just need to just jump right into the music and what we just feel about it. Because it's so good. And we spent all this time talking about literally just the first song. So, like, yeah, the music is great in this show. Yeah. This is this is easily some of Howard Ashman and Alan Menken's best. This might be, like, one of the top Alan Menken scores. I love the man. This is some of his best work. No, I, I, would, I would have to agree. Yes. There's not, there's not a flop in the whole soundtrack Mm -hmm. it's all great yeah i would say there are definitely some songs that are mid but yeah that that happens not every song can be a hundred percent no exactly Mm -hmm. and yeah it's just it's just great what are your what were some of your favorite songs Ooh, the opening is Mm -hmm. great Skid Row, I think, is very fun. Mm-hmm. It's very, like, um, you know. I do love the kind of opening world building songs in a lot of musicals. Mm-hmm. This is very, like, Belle, Beauty and the Beast, kind of giving everything, but with this very, like, sad, sardonic look at things. Mm-hmm. And the lyrics are so great in it, too. Uh, I also. I really love 
the last song in the movie that Audrey 2 sings, Mean Green Mother, which I looked up after this, I didn't realize was written for the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, that's insane to me that that wasn't in the original show. This is like, this is this movie's You're the One That I Want, where it's like, how do you do that? How do you do this show without that song? Like, mm-hmm. what? Yeah, it's a really strong kind of closing song. That's such a great villain song. Also, shout out uh, Levi Stubbs as the voice of Audrey 2. We are definitely going to get into how amazing Audrey 2 is. Yes, we will definitely need to get into that. But let, let's stick to the music. Maybe we'll do that next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say for me, my favorite songs are probably the opening. Um, definitely Skid Row. And then I have a... I have a particular fondness for Somewhere That's Green. It is a song that kind of always gets me a little choked up. Um, And I also really love... um, I love Some Fun Now. It's kind of a bit more of a random song, but I just just really like it. It's really good. (laughs) I texted you this last night. I'm like, interesting in this Howard Ashman movie that we go straight from the Heroines I Want song into a kind of calypso-y, island-y song sung by characters in red. Hmm, I wonder where I've seen this before. Interesting, interesting. Very. Hmm, good, good food for thought. This is recontextualizing when the story in Little Mermaid's production, when Howard Ashman's like, no, you, you don't understand. The crab has to be Jamaican. Now I'm just like, is it because you did it before? He's just doing what he knows. He's like, no, this this is how movies work. This is how musicals work, guys. Trust yeah. me. He's like, I I did it before and I'll do it again. I just did this with Frank Oz and it worked for us. Like, come on. Exactly. You, yeah. you, Frank Oz, you know the Muppets. You're going to buy them in like 10 years. So just like get used to them. I'd like to believe that Howard Ashman was and, and Alan Macon. I'd like to believe that they were clairvoyant. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the music that I liked, but honestly there weren't there aren't any songs where I that I skip. Like they're no. all really good. I mean, even like I love also I'm just gonna just think about more of them. I love Dadu. That one's such a cute song. And I love Dentist too. Dentist is great. Yeah, like the dentist song is like fantastic. Uh, can we, uh, can we take a brief tangent? Sorry, talking about the dentist. Mm-hmm. I, because I looked up, I didn't realize the remake had been canceled already. Ooh. <laughs> like last month, they finally announced that it's not going through, and I'm like, no, I'm not gonna get to see Chris Evans as the dentist. Yeah, that's a real, uh, that's a real bummer. That's showbiz, though. Oh, yeah. It's like you cancel the one. You cancel the one remake. I'm actually excited to see, but no. <laughs> we need to do the Mufasa prequel, exactly. a movie that zero people in the history of mankind have ever asked for. No, exactly. 
and steering us back onto the subject. Um, I, I Look, mean, as you can see, I, Disney is vaguely on topic. Ashman and Mankins, all their other work, all their other important work, uh, was Disney. Apologies to any Smile super fans out there. So as I was saying, um, as you can see, we just the music in this sh- in this movie is just fantastic because we named like basically every song that we loved off of this off of this soundtrack. Like there are, like I said, no flops. They're all great. We d- we didn't even talk about suddenly Seymour, which is maybe the most famous song from this movie. It's so good. It's so good. But- because Ariana Grande likes to sing it with her brother. Yep. Uh, it's it's a it's another fantastic song. It's one of it my is. favorite like little duets. Yeah, it's just so cute, and the song is great. These what can two I say? really never made a flop. No flops. Right. I wish we could have gotten more. Mm-hmm. Rip Howard Ashman, my king. Yeah. I think we've exhausted the music because literally all we're going to say and all we have said is just, it's good. If you j- just just watch the movie for the music. I mean, we're going to talk about other parts of the movie that are good too because the movie's just a mm-hmm. really good movie. But like, the music is really, in my opinion, it's just the, the best part of it consistently. Yeah, the music is fantastic. and. Mm-hmm. It's just great. Yeah. So let's go on, as you mentioned before, to give some actor shout outs. Who did who really stuck out in your in your mind? Uh, actor shout outs. Steve Martin is so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a there is a reason this man has been working consistently since like the seventies. Mm-hmm. He's such a good actor. And like just plays i'm starting to kind of fall in love with like cartoonishly evil characters mm-hmm. which dr Oren scrivello dds absolutely is yes it's like oh wow you're evil evil huh okay mm-hmm. but in a very fun way um gosh who else who else is really good i need I mean, to talk Rick about Moranis. rick moranis yeah, and like Rick Moranis and Ellen Green are obviously fantastic. Yes, they're so good. They're yeah, they're just they offer just the right amount of like Rick Moranis is like very like sincere, but is kind of I think maybe a little campy. Maybe that's not necessarily his performance, but just kind of everything surrounding it. But it's so good, and and Ellen Green as Audrey is just. She's also just so good. It's just that sincerity that they both bring that I think is kind of needed when the kind of evil they're dealing with is like an alien plant. Yeah. When your villain is when your villains are so cartoony, it helps to have like an element that's kind of grounding it. And that's just like that that love story is very sincere. It's like you really do feel like Seymour cares for Audrey. Even if he is willing to show it by committing murder. Hey man, that's the deepest kind of love. <laughs> he killed her abusive boyfriend, though. 
You know so I what? think that's points for him. This is why theater kids are a dangerous breed, is because too much of theater is just like, I mean, but if I love you, what's a what's a double murder? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's like, I mean, he's singing while doing it, so like, it, there's not it's really fine. a threat. Yeah. I mean, the the worst a theater kid is gonna do is like terrorize a Denny's, like. Mm-hmm. So so like you're good, you're good, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah, everything's good. And then Levi Stubbs is the voice of Audrey too. Ugh. Come on. Come on. Perfect. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Let's let's just get into Audrey too. Yes. A great performance. Mm-hmm. By everyone involved. And I do I do mean everyone. Can I can I spill some research at you? Yes, you may. And at our listeners. So So Audrey Two, for those who have not seen, is um is the plant and is the main antagonist of uh, this movie. And it's a tiny little plant that Seymour accidentally realizes, oh, it'll grow if, like, I feed it some blood. And then it gets bigger and bigger and ultimately uh, is like, hey, I can talk because I'm an alien. Mm Mm-hmm. And it just grows into this absolutely massive plant. And by the way, this plant is a puppet. It is a real plant puppet they made for this movie. This wasn't CG or anything. Nope, this was, this was, what did you say, 86? Yeah, 1986. Mm-hmm. And it's a great puppet, too, like... Mm-hmm. It like, it's like all kind of like wet and greasy looking, and like it kind of like it looks like an actual plant, like with all the branches and the leaves and stuff like that. Like it's a good puppet. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal, and so this is a fun little um, just technical trick. What the way they got it to work because. When it's talking and singing, it's a massive puppet, so it was, like, hard to get it to, like, move at the right speed. So what they did was they slowed down. They they shot it at a slower frame rate. So usually it's about 20... Usually film shoots at about 24 frames per second, but they would film the plant at, like, 12 frames a second, basically, and do it in slow motion. And then when you speed it back up to a normal frame rate to match everything, that's how the plant's motion and, like, the lip sync is so crisp and beautiful. That's really interesting. I had no idea about that. And it's, like, it's so smart. It look, And it works so well. This, this is also what happens when you've got Frank Oz as a director... Mm-hmm. Uh, even though this isn't a Jim Henson production, when you got that pull, y- you know people. Exactly. Like, I know puppeteers, so um, 
Uh, Wikipedia says, yes, I'm pulling from Wikipedia, don't judge me. Um, I'm not getting graded for this. It's okay, I'm not an education major anymore. Yes, I can cite. I I can cite, whatever. Um, Wikipedia says uh, that in its largest form, just performing that required about 60 puppeteers individually. Yeah. Uh, and 21 people are credited specifically as, like, principal puppeteers. So probably, like, the main people, like, doing the main body and mouth of the plant. Yeah, that's insane. But, I mean, the puppet is so good. Like, everything is so crisp. It's so realistic in its movement and just the way it looks. Like... You're like, how does this, how does this literal alien plant, how does it look like it belongs in a scene with all of these, like, real human people? And that, it's just like, it's there, it's part of the world. It's crazy. Exactly. It's part of that, like, Muppet magic where you're like, yeah, I just buy that these two things belong in the same room together. Mm-hmm. And yet the plant looks the plant looks phenomenal. It doesn't it looks like a real plant. It does. Even when it's, you know, singing and everything and you're like, that's not real, but it could be. I I buy it's real. Mm-hmm. Something that I noticed as I mean, when you just when you look at the detail of the plant, like I think where I really saw the most detail was like the mouth when the mouth opened. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't just like a hole. It wasn't just like top of the jaw, bottom of the jaw. And that was it. There's, like, all of this, like, weird, like, alien, like, tongue and, like, tissue and stuff like that. And, like, as the movie progressed, like, once it was in its really big size, because it starts, you know, very small and then it, you know, grows progressively larger as it, you know, continues to feed on blood and people and stuff like that. Like, the color of the inside of the mouth changes. Like, it goes from blue to purple to red. Oh, and so I didn't it's just even like, notice that. Yeah, it's just like, that's just like, that's only something I noticed because I've seen this movie a few times, but like, and I just noticed that again when I was watching it this most recent time, but like, all of the detail in the puppet is crazy. And I guess that kind of just like adds to the interest of it because there are a lot of sh- shots like of the inside of its mouth. And so I do get like why you would change it because like okay it'd be kind of boring if it just looked the same the whole time but like it gets like w- like the color change in it, it like gets like weirder and grosser every time like just it like gets the- less and less like a plant and yes. more and more like something else which is it, ah that's so cool it's so cool and it's so kind of weird and like a little gross like when they do have those shots of just like like the inside of its mouth it's like oh my gosh how is this a puppet like, that's crazy. It's so good. Right. Uh, There's a puppet appreciation show now. It's such a good... This is always a puppet appreciation show, let's be real. You're like, I don't know what you've been doing this whole time, but this has been a puppet appreciation show for me. But yeah, no. It's so good. And it's just one of those things where it's like, we take for granted all of the amazing technology we have now and all of the incredible things that we're able to see in movies that are made nowadays just because we have so much technology at our disposal Mm -hmm. but like 
to think that like yeah this was like the mid 80s and they didn't have that and so they used what they did have which was a puppet and they made it like rival you know they made it so realistic so lifelike just like you know rivaling what you would probably be able to come up with today with like you know all the technology that we have available and it's just it's just so good it's just so good yeah i mean it just knowing that that had to be a physical object that took up physical space had real weight to it it just makes everything that this plant can do it just makes it so much more impressive can you imagine being like having to act alongside that puppet like i feel like that would be like actually a little scary like having your face that close to the puppet when like it's moving like i just like thought about it and i was like that's kind of freaky to think about yeah that would be kind of freaky yeah, the first take of whatever first shot we do, it would not be a great take from me, I can tell you that. Yeah, you'd have I'd to, be like, shake oh, it off. No. Like, ugh. Like, you'd have, I feel like you'd really have to kind of, like, get used to it. So, like, props for everyone who did do that, because it's, like, like you were saying, like, it's physically in the room with you. Like, you're not just, like, you know, staring at the corner of the room, you know, that's and it's going to be CG'd in. It's, like... There's a huge, massive plant puppet in the room with you, with teeth, and it's all shiny and greasy, and it's, it's you know, its branches are grabbing at you. That's gotta be crazy. Whenever there's an element like that, it, it even if you know it's coming, it, you do always have a quick second of like, huh. Exactly. Um, when I was on, when I was on uh, the web series Headless, which you should all go watch. Um, yes. When I was on that shoot, obviously it's a takeoff on the Headless Horseman story. So, like, obviously our we're going to have our Headless Horseman. And it was a guy in a costume we all knew. But, like, the first time I, like, was walking and I saw our actor Tom wearing the costume, I did a, like, double take. Like, what is, oh, duh, that's our horseman. Yeah, it's just that thing of, like, if something, like, looks that good, that realistic, it's, like, your brain kind of... It, it, it doesn't that's it's not the automatic it's the like oh this is a, this is out of the ordinary this isn't normal but it looks so real what's happening yeah that was the instinct response of that dude has no head what mm-hmm. and then the like logic part kicked in of like yeah because he's in a costume that's covering his head mm-hmm. yeah and I'm, I'm sure that same thing happened to at least one person. I can guarantee at least one person had that giant evil plant. Wait, it's fake. Yes. Guarantee that. Uh. But yeah, it's so good. And all the rest of the sets and stuff like that are good too. Like, mm-hmm. everything... It's like... It kind of... Everything, for the most part, is fairly realistic. But I feel like there are some spots especially in like the suddenly seaborne number where like it does kind of feel like oh okay you know this is a this is a song meant for the stage and so we're kind of almost going to stage it like that still but i feel like mm-hmm. for the most part a lot of the the sets and stuff like that were realistic they were good they really fit in 
with the story which you kind of need when everything kind of the main part of it is so like we've talked about so big so unrealistic so campy yeah it's that sort of double element of grounding it mm-hmm. while which allows the really fantastical elements to shine even more mm-hmm. yeah and yet still not feel like out of place i think that's what's really interesting is like the main kind of skid row area it like feels real but it also feels like this almost like heightened level of real yes that makes it so like yeah people can sing here and like there's there can be an alien plant that tries to eat people sure mhm no i agree it's hard to explain but it is like yeah, everything is real, but it's like it's like a more heightened version of it. It's a very fine line to walk, and I think they they hit kind of the right line with they the did. production design and the performances. They really did. This is a movie that like knows exactly what it's doing, and everyone knows exactly what they signed up for. And they're mm-hmm. hitting it. And that, that is what makes it so good. Mm-hmm. They're able to, yeah, they just thread that needle. And then it like everything is just able to mesh together because of that. So good. Such a good movie. And that's a really hard thing. There's a lot of movies. There are a lot of movies out there that do not hit that. Mm-hmm. Where you could definitely see someone's just taking a paycheck. Or mm-hmm. someone thinks they're in a different movie than they are. Yep. So I, I I really do want to commend everyone for being able to, like, get on the same page. With, like, here's what we're doing. Here's how it's going to go. And it, the results speak for themselves. They're fantastic. They do. Yeah. One thing you, you've talked about, like, you know exactly what kind of movie you're in. Um, I want to talk about the ending of the movie um because in the movie in particular the ending is depend the ending can be a lot different it's not even your interpretation of it it is the actual ending the actual like last third of the movie is quite different um so the original um ending of this movie is not a happy one. It involves kind of Audrey and and Seymour, um, you know, ending up, you know, being fed to the plant and, you know, the plant taking over the world, you know, all these little Audrey 2 snippings are, are sold everywhere and they just kind of, you know, take over the world. Um, and audiences really hated that. And so they filmed another one where Seymour is able to defeat the plant and him and Audrey live happily ever after so I wonder so what version did you watch and what did you get from it so one of the things I did know going into this movie um and this is again kind of from knowing the show a little bit was that there were different endings and as I understand the original ending they shot the director's cut ending i think they ultimately released it as that is more similar to how the play ends correct yes 
Okay. So I, the version I saw had the theatrical ending, the happy ending. But then because I knew this was out there, I like went to YouTube and looked up just sort of the last bit that those like last two numbers that get really changed Mm -hmm. um, because I wanted to see how that looked. Interestingly enough, I ended up watching kind of the reverse is because I'd I'd watched the the theatrical release version before, but I just, I just got, I just pirated the movie. Um, So I didn't know what version I was getting. And I was like, wait a second, like kind of the last third of the movie, I was like, this isn't what I remember. And then I'm like, all right, it's like, it, it's the it's the sad version like it's the original version and so then I had to then go back and and watch the happy version again because I didn't know which one that you had watched mm-hmm interesting interesting how do you like each ending so hmm so on terms of just pure like artistic craft um I prefer the director's ending because that just final scenes of chaos and destruction as the Audrey twos are going over everywhere are spectacular. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful destruction as it's all these plant puppets breaking through like all these different city miniatures as they're taking over the world. And the, like, last shot is, like, helicopters circling the Statue of Liberty as these laughing Audrey twos are, like, climbing it and taking it over. It's, it is spectacular mm-hmm. in terms of destruction. And, again, this is, like, this all had to be done with puppets and miniatures and, you know, so all this destruction is very visceral. Mm-hmm. In a really cool way that, you know, nowadays you would, they would be like, just do it with CGI and VFX. It'd be way easier to do, but it doesn't have that same visceral punch. Um, so just in terms of like pure craft and like work hours that got put in, I'm, I'm very glad that we have this original ending that it didn't get completely like destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's able to be seen and enjoyed because it's very good. Yeah. In terms of story, I understand why you would change it for, like, a movie. Especially when you get a pair like Rick Moranis and Ellen Green. Like, you really do root for those two kids. And you're like, "I I want them to make it out. So I can see why audiences back then would have not enjoyed the original ending or would have preferred a ending like the one that eventually released in theaters but I don't know I still kind of like the original because it's I mean this movie is this story is basically Faust it's like he makes a deal with the devil you know the plant this strange plant is just like, hey, if you feed me people, I can give you fame and fortune and everything you want. And you do the thing until you 
eventually are like, wait, this is going too far. And then the way that story has to end is, you're not on TikTok, right? Um, I am a little bit, but what's the point you're making? There's an audio going around that this reminds me of, which is just like, oh, it's very cute that you're going to defeat me with the power of friendship, but I am (laughs) the devil from the Bible, so it's not going to work. I love that one. (laughs) That's what this is reminding me of. It's like, that's how a deal with the devil story has to end. Mm-hmm. It's because it's a moral t- it's a more it's a morality play. It's like you know, yeah, don't mess with things. Don't trade on your morals for fame and fortune. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna end well. Mm-hmm. So those are my thoughts. I like see why you would want the happy ending, but I do. I think there's a reason why the kind of darker, more cynical ending is how the show ends and I think it works really well in the movie but what are your thoughts yeah I would say I agree with you in a lot of points I mean like the original ending is just like it's it's good like like we've talked about we've sung the praises of you know the technology used for the puppets and like you know getting to see so much of that is like awesome and it's really great um but I do feel like the happy ending works better. Um, I heard, at least for the movie, um, I heard someone say, and I don't know where this is from, but I heard someone say, like, the reason that the sad ending, which is the way that the the musical ends, just the, the stage version, the reason that ends is because then the actors come back, you see them one more time when they do their bow, but in a movie, you don't. They're just gone. Like, the end of your movie is not your two main characters. The end of your movie is your villain. And so I do definitely get why audiences preferred seeing the happy ending. Um, because it is the happy ending that involves our two main characters. And they really kind of get what they deserve. Um, I also really like that ending because I talked about, like, how much like somewhere that's green really affected me and so I do I do really like getting to see Audrey kind of live her live her dream um her very like simple dream but you know her her aspirations her goals nonetheless I think she's it's what she deserves um (laughs) and um yeah I just I just I think for me I like the happy ending better just holistically but there is a time and place for appreciation of the original ending yeah that's that's a good point it also is making me think that like there's not a lot of we don't get a lot of tragedies in film Mm -hmm. like we necessarily do in like theater like i can name a good number of like plays and musicals that end with if not a full-on sad ending then definitely like a very bittersweet kind of ending or like an ambiguous one and in big budget like movies I feel like you don't get that as much Mm -hmm. it's like maybe in a very like awards baity drama but even then I feel like that's not sort of the emotional payoff 
and and I I think that is kind of part of it that like yeah, no matter how the story ends, you know, Romeo and Juliet die, but then the curtain closes, they get back up and they give their bows. Mm-hmm. So you can ap- you can appreciate the story, but then you're like immediately drawn out of it, and it's like a reminder that's like oh yeah that is just a story, whereas you don't have that. That's an interesting point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. so like I said, I think I think the musical ending works good for the musical, but the theatrical release works good for the theater version. And I'm glad that we ultimately got both. Yes. You know, I if the ending had to change radically to get the movie into theaters, then I'm really glad they changed the movie radically so that this movie could actually get released. Mhm. But I'm also glad that, you know, all these years later, we were able to still have the original ending to come back to and look at and enjoy, especially whether we since, prefer it or not. Yeah, and especially since I just had to check really quickly to make sure I got the figure right, but um, especially since that original ending was a fifth of the movie's budget. God, that's insane. Yes, so... I'm really glad that we still have it because, like, oh my gosh, could you imagine a fifth of your movie's budget going toward that sequence and then audiences just not liking it and you have to change it? I would be like that. <laughs> like, that is a thing you have to reckon with when you're making a movie is sometimes stuff just doesn't get shown or, like, on set. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it winds up getting cut. But... That, yeah, jeez, that's mm-hmm. a lot of money. Yeah, a lot, a lot of your money. That also, if audiences didn't like the ending in test screenings, that means like, not only has everything been made, but like, everything's been made, and like the movie's basically done. Yes, like when you're going to test screenings, you're only doing like minor tweaks at that point Mm -hmm. so the fact that they had to go back and be like hey we have to take out the last we have to change the last like 20 minutes of this movie yeah which is which is there's another reason cassie likes it it's a very tight 90 yeah oh yes oh yes I think the credits were rolling by the before it got to the 90 minute mark on my stream, so. Mm-hmm. I think my ending, because I had the original ending, I think mine ended up being a little longer than that tight 90. Mm-hmm. But hey, what can I say? I know who I am. I appreciate getting in and out of a movie and having a good experience the entire time. Oh, which you definitely get. Yes, definitely do. But yeah, just like, hey, we have to completely reshoot a significant portion of this movie before we can even get it to release. And it's like, uh, our release window's coming up already. Yeah. Let me call everyone back. Yeah, that would just be, that would just be crazy. I can't even imagine that. Yeah. It's, it's very rare you get massive reshoots like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Usually, usually that's something has gone very wrong in production. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Typically, when you go back for reshoots, it's a, like, 
oh crap, we were putting it together and editing and like, we need a shot that we don't have. You know, these are the couple of shots we need in these locations to just make the flow make sense. Go get them real quick. It's not usually stuff that's that major. Yeah. Yeah. And I would think, again, I have no, I really have no insight on anything about how movies are made or how they should be made. But there's just something in Sinkshire that tells me having to completely redo the very expensive ending of your movie is not something that happens very often. I think for good reason. No. It's either, it's either audiences really didn't like it it means someone really didn't like it either yeah. that's audiences or studios mm-hmm. uh yeah and i'm gonna stop talking because all the examples i'm thinking of are movies that my company has made so i'm not gonna say anything on record you know what i think i think that is a uh i think that's just a great place to wrap up what are your final thoughts about Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, this was so fun. As soon as we stop, I honestly might, like, go watch bits of it again. Yeah, it's it's really good. It was just very, very fun to watch. And if you aren't doing it, if you aren't going out this Halloween, because Halloween's like a Monday this year, lame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you aren't going out on Halloween... Put this on while you're waiting for kids to come to the door and trick or treat. Exactly. This will give you this will give you everything you need and still also enable you to like go to bed and wake up to go to work on Tuesday. Yeah. There's a time and place for hocus pocus. There's a time and place for horror. But if you wanna if you wanna switch it up a little, put on a little shop of horrors. I think you'll have a good time. Yeah, definitely. Give it a shot. It deserves it. It really does. And on that note, we want to thank you very much for listening to yet another episode of You Haven't Seen This. Uh, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter and look, our, look out for our next episode. Yes, it uh, might be a little while, but we have some really exciting things that we're planning for our next season. Season three. This has been like season two and a half. Yeah. Kind of, so. Yeah, definitely. When season three eventually comes, we have some really exciting things. Um, But until then, happy Halloween, be safe, and... Don't feed the plants. Don't feed the plants. Ah!